Off top, grasshoppers have ears on their stomachs. I guess it's their abdomen. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What's up, Charlie? Not much. We're just at the conclusion of another regular season of NFL football. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like... um... I guess every year is incredibly eventful, but this one like feels particularly um, eventful. I don't know why, but it might just be the coming on the heels of the Hamlin stuff we saw. And I mean, there's a lot of good news in that uh, story now, as everybody knows by now, uh, DeMar Hamlin heart stopped on the field Monday night game last week. And it seems like everything is going pretty well right now. He's, tweeting and facetiming with his teammates and the uh, bills had a pretty impressive uh i guess i don't know if it's impressive but anyway they had an emotional uh necessary win and i was fully anticipating this week of football being like uncomfortable and i don't know if it's mm-hmm. because the news that demar is doing well is like made it feel like it's okay like we were talking about before how that thumbs up when someone's getting carted off the field is almost like a permission to keep playing and we didn't get that thumbs up it kind of feels like this week in news and demar saying he wishes he could come out the tunnel with his team like all that stuff kind of felt like the thumbs up but did you feel weird at all i mean where's the wrong word i, I don't know after that game the last game ended uh with us not knowing if demar hamlin was going to survive or not like, I mm-hmm. just anticipated watching football again and at least at first being, like, made uncomfortable by it. But I wasn't, and it didn't feel like anybody was. Yeah, I think – so my feeling was the Saturday game sort of ripped the Band-Aid off for Sunday. And it was after you saw, like, the first hit on Saturday, you sort of sunk into the normalcy of it. And, like, part of it is, like, watching – the chiefs play football first. They're a really joyous team to watch play football. And I also like, I was reading about this. I was thinking about this and I almost felt guilty that I didn't feel more guilty about watching football. But then I was like, no, this is also natural. Like I should be able to watch and enjoy a sport that I've watched and enjoyed for, you know, 20 plus years. Um, So I felt the full spectrum of it, but I think it's just honestly not to simplify it. I think it's just human nature that we go back to our routines a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at people for enjoying it. I enjoyed it and I'm going to enjoy um, all the the playoffs coming up. I I think for me, at least this was and we've talked about this before when when big things like Mm -hmm. this happen, it gives me at least it gives all of us an opportunity, I think, to talk about these um, broader issues, things that are more important than who wins on Saturday and Sunday. And that window was open for me to talk about like a lot of things that. I really care about when it comes to player health and safety and long-term well-being of, I was going to say professional football players, but honestly, even college football players, I hung out with a bunch of my former college teammates this weekend. Not a bunch, but a few. And it's always like everybody's doing okay and in good spirits, but it's just, it's sad and upsetting to see the guys yeah. who did not play professionally or play professionally for like a year or a couple of years are dealing with some of the same issues. And 
I guess it doesn't matter whether you play professionally or not. But one difference is like in college, you you can't even apply for workers comp because technically you're not an employee. So there is right. let alone the lack of health care and you carry pre-existing conditions and all that stuff with you, despite the fact that you weren't even paid while you were there. So that's a whole nother thing. But I, I anyway, as, as it pertains to like this window to talk about stuff, um, Chris Nowinski uh, wrote an article in the New York Times that I, I share with you that I that I read and he's uh, a neurologist, a former football player. I think he's a former professional wrestler too. And mm -hmm. he does a lot of research around the CTE. Uh, but the article that he wrote, it talked a bit about that, but it really focused on heart disease. And I think because DeMar Hamlin's issue was around his heart and it was kind of uh, a rare occurrence. So it's not, it doesn't feel like an indictment on football, but it did give us the opportunity to look at like the numbers of like cardiac related issues football players have. And uh, in the article, he cited a Harvard study that suggested that football players are two and a half times more likely than baseball players to have issues with their heart. And if you remember um, a couple weeks ago, I think it was Uche Norawini, I think is how you pronounce his name, was uh, a offensive lineman with the Jags. And he was like doing some podcasts. And uh, recently he died of a heart attack at 38 years old. And and Chris's piece, he talked about nine other players since 2015 who had died, and seven of them were 40 years old or younger. And it's like uh, the the researchers believe that it has to do with like the size that football players are and the amount of effort it takes them to put on that weight and the, the just the taxing it has on their body. So I don't have some great big conclusion other than. These things are things I think about, I read about, and I care about, and I don't get an opportunity to like squeeze them into mm -hmm. our coverage, except for when it's relevant and it's relevant right now. So I don't know. There's no big grand takeaway. We can move on to other stuff. I just wanted to bring everybody's attention to that while, while hey, I still can. One thing before we pivot, I think I might be slightly more optimistic or less jaded by cynicism than you are on this, where I think that I do think that DeMar Hamlin's story and Kevin Clark wrote about this for the ringer as well, that it was such a watershed moment that there were so many people who, who were watching and affected by it, that this is going to start a larger compensate, a lot larger compensate uh, conversation about the way that young football players are compensated for the reach of second contract, the way they're given um, healthcare after they retire and how those split contracts are structured where players make less money when they're on injured reserve and what that means for people who can have lasting lifelong issues. So I do think that this in the positive has actually started a dialogue that probably yeah. should have been started decades ago. Yeah. I mean, uh, the dialogue, as far as I'm concerned, has been going on for a while. We've been engaged in it. The challenging part is to like uh, get some momentum behind mm -hmm. those conversations. And one of the most difficult things about it is educating players when they get in a league. And I think that's one um, positive outcome of this is the players will be more aware. So then when it comes to, I think what's seven years from now is the next time you can, and you can always reopen a CBA, but that's the next time that you'll yeah. be able to negotiate the CBA players will be uh, more informed about it and ready to take some action. Hopefully. I think, you know, fans 
like me or even who are more red-blooded and meatball-y than me will be there's more empathy. I mean, you're yeah. seeing people who look like superheroes to us who are physically broken and you saw people crying and freaking out around DeMar Hamlin. It's like, if that doesn't penetrate and make you feel differently about stuff, um, there's, there's nothing that will. So we'll see. Uh, you're yeah. less jaded than me as we discussed, but um, we can pivot to, <laughs> to happier conversations. I mean, even if, even if this conversation is sad, it's happier than what we were just talking about. So uh, I guess for Packers fans, Aaron Rodgers, contemplating his retirement mm-hmm. is kind of sad right like it it yeah seems more real than i thought it was and maybe he's just got a flair for the dramatic and likes attention uh-huh. which might i mean that's not a i don't think aaron Rodgers would be upset with that character characterization like i think that's a fair characterization of aaron Rodgers. um he did the press conference you sent me that link of the press conference afterwards and it certainly seemed like someone who's not coming back, which I just assumed he was coming back up until I saw that video. And then you heard the story about um, one of the Lions players trying to trade jerseys with them. And mm-hmm. he said that he had to hold on to this one, which could mean that he's done or it could mean that he's not sure. And he just wants to hold on to it just in case. Uh, or it could just mean, I don't know. He likes his jerseys. Who knows? Yeah. He, he followed that up by saying, it's a night game, Lambo week 18. There's just certain jerseys you like holding on to, like playing Chicago or a big Sunday night game. It's just a little bit different. It's not keeping it. It's a cool one to give to someone you really care about. And that's after he rebuffed Jamison Williams, who tried to trade jerseys with him. Yeah. And um, giving it to someone you really care about. He was bad in that game. So who wants that jersey? That's a tough one. I, that was the shocking thing to me is like I expected them to win. And Same. they they did not. And a huge reason why they did not was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That, that felt like a very big problem. The turnovers and not making plays. And we had heard before the season, I heard we watched that it didn't seem like Aaron Rodgers was the problem. It seemed like there were problems around Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the season. And recently, all those other things had been performing well. The running backs were good. The receivers were good. The defense had come to play, particularly in the Minnesota game. And they played good in this game, but came down to Aaron Rodgers not making plays. So uh, I guess, what do you want to see? Are um, you sick so, of Aaron Rodgers? I kind of wanted him no, in the playoffs, no, no, to be no. honest with you. So I, I, I want to see him play another year with these receivers because mm-hmm. I couldn't be higher on Christian Watson going into yeah. next season. Like, he is a freak athlete who bends the field in ways that six foot five receivers don't. And mm-hmm. he's really raw. So I want to see him play another year with him and see if he becomes like a superstar number one. I want to see how they build out the roster around them. I know that's difficult with Rogers making $58 million next season. Um, if he that does decide to come back and you know what I read into his comments last night, I think he watched glass onion over, over Christmas break. Like a lot of people did. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to make you overanalyze something really simple. And he did that by just providing actual answers and kindness to reporters and transparency. And that made us all stop and think, oh, my God, he's not giving us some cryptic message. What does this mean? And it might just mean that he needs a little bit of time to figure it. It might mean exactly what he said, that there's no deeper meaning. Yeah, he seems so likable, which was weird to me because it seems like Aaron Rodgers does not come off that way often. And I don't know if he cares to or doesn't, but it seems like he doesn't care to. And I was like, oh, 
forget that he's a human who has feelings and this could be a big deal for him and the Packers fans gave him a standing ovation right as he was leaving the field which was like a a classy thing to do even in defeat and that game was was a tough one for them to watch and muster up the applause but it was a it's a cool way like it's an NFC title game (laughs) don't do that to that (laughs) that is a good one though um it was a cool way to end the season i thought for uh the lions yeah like because the other alternative was they get into the playoffs the seahawks lose earlier today they beat them they get into playoffs tonight or excuse me uh sunday night would have been awesome for them but then they Mm -hmm. likely would have lost in the wild card round i guess they could have they could have been good enough to win a game or two but ending on a big win like this a primetime game knocking off the like reigning king of your division. This is something to build on. I think uh, that coaching staff and those players, young players should be excited about next season. They got to find a quarterback, but other than that, they're good. And golf played fine in that game. He outplayed Rogers in that game. Like pretty, pretty obviously. I, um, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, everyone except for one team that makes the playoffs ends their season with a devastating loss. The lions on the other hand, got to turn their season around and, actually end with what for this group is sort of a franchise changing win from a from in a place against a quarterback against an organization that has dominated them for decades um i do think that's significant also like the post-game interview that deserves talking about also is jamal williams who had yeah. the ball um after he broke Barry Sanders' single-season touchdown record with the Lions, and he gave an emotional interview about his grandfather, and then just immediately turned, saying that they got the dog in them, and it was awesome. They could not be a more they're they're the likable scrappy team. Like we we thought about that from Dan with Dan Campbell from training camp, but it's hard not to like this Lions team, yeah, and they they have cool players everywhere. This team is likable. They have cool players everywhere. I agree with all of that. Um, I was avoiding talking about uh, Williams post-game press conference because a little part of me is mad at him because Barry Sanders was my favorite player growing up. And I don't, I'm like, you're no Barry Sanders, which I know is petty and not fair, but like scoring as many or more touchdowns, right? He has 17 to Barry 16. Like, I don't want your name in the record books next to Barry Sanders, but that's not fair to me. It's all great he's a well, fun guy who's really in the anime right is it because before the game didn't he have like some really weird intro that i didn't understand because i'm old super and not- into pokemon oh that was pokemon yeah um the one thing i will say i guess that is anime technically um but the one thing i will say is to your point about barry sanders and this is not shaded jamal williams but you can look it up this is just a fact there are graphs online uh, where you can see the field and see the distance with with which he scored his touchdown from touchdowns from, and almost all of them are within two or three yards. So very different when they expand the that that graph that chart out, and you see Barry Sanders taking him in from 25, 30, 40 yards in his record breaking season on a much worse Lions team. I'll ha- I'll have you know, Barry Sanders was incredible. I'm gonna mm-hmm. as soon as we get off of this, I'm gonna watch uh, Barry Sanders highlight packet because yo they look fake compared yeah, to they... modern NFL players. They do they 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 look like Noel Devine's high school highlights. <laughs> <laughs> my first um, uh, well I guess it was my first year. It was my second year playing football when I like my first year didn't know if I was good or not, so they gave me number thirteen. Then my second year mm-hmm. I got to pick my number. 
and I picked number 20 and wore mm-hmm. 20 all the way till I got to high school because Barry was my guy. And I did not play like Barry at all. I, I didn't have that level of quickness and I was pretty quick, but I love Barry Sanders. I don't know how this turned into a Barry appreciation podcast, but he deserves it. I used to hate Emmett Smith only because people would talk about him like they were the same. I was like, no, the offensive yeah. line is so much better. Obviously I don't hate Emmett Smith. Now I was a child and I was very upset. Well, that's like the, the initial, like that was before Twitter debates, but that would be the initial Twitter debate of like, well, Emmett can get yeah. you four yards in a big game when it matters. Shut up. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Barry Sanders behind that um, Cowboys offensive line? Oh, my gosh. So many safeties would be having reconstructive knee and hip surgeries <laughs> because Barry was freaking them. Yeah. I don't know how old the people are who listen to this podcast. Actually, it doesn't matter how old you are. Go watch some Barry Sanders highlights, whoever you are, all of you right now. Also, beyond his uh, Lions highlights, I want you to, if you're going to really do the full Barry deep dive, I want you to go look at his stats at Oklahoma State. At Oklahoma State. Because, yeah, he was sharing a backfield with Thurman Thomas. We've heard legends about coaches being like, no, don't worry about Thurman Thomas. I don't care if he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Worry about the other guy. But then (laughs) this is his actual stat line, his junior season when he won the Heisman Trophy. But 11 games. College seasons are longer now. 344 carries, 2,628 yards, 19 touchdowns. Good. Get God. out of here. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I messed it up. It was 19 receptions, 37 touchdowns. <gasps> I cut it in half. 37, 37 touchdowns in the college season. <sighs> that's like that's like Cam Newton throwing oh the ball at Auburn. Gosh, that's incredible. Take a second, a moment for that to sink in. Oh, you jerks. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm just an angry person. I'm mad at people right now because of how good Barry Sanders was. Like that, you know how they the basketball is like naming their trophies after former players. Mm-hmm. I want something named after Barry Sanders because he didn't have great playoff success and he is already underappreciated. He's gonna be forgotten if we don't make people continue to talk about Barry Sanders. So I guess I should celebrate Jamal Williams because an opportunity yeah. for us to show Barry the love that he deserves. Well I'm ready to forget Doke Walker who I don't know who he is. So we can just <laughs> rename that the Barry Sanders trophy at this point. Yeah the college one. I like yeah. that. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched 
with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right. Um, the last thing that I wanted to hop into before we go to uh, Roses and Thorns is talk a little Cowboys Bucks mm-hmm. Monday night football playoff game ESPN. We got a good game. I feel like ESPN always gets a crap game. We got a we got the best one of the weekend, I think. It's or gonna be at awesome. least the most watched one. I don't know that either of these teams are any good right now, but they are both very in- intriguing. Like trying to figure out so watch it, rewatching or Watching the Cowboys uh, commanders game, it was so gross. They had the punter dropped a punt. They had a muffed punt. Their defense was like good ish, but we're going up against Sam Howell and still gave up big plays. It just wasn't pretty, but the real story is how bad their offense looked. And if you look back to week one, when they played the bucks, the bucks defense won that game. The Bucks defense is not nearly as good or healthy like as they were back then. So I'm not sure that they're going to be good enough to win them this game again. Mm-hmm. But the Cowboys offense is in that game, at least. And I guess there was nothing to play for. Presume they probably assumed that the Eagles were going to win, but they did play and they looked so bad. And Dak was so bad throwing back to back, which should have been back to back pick sixes, but, uh, Kendall Fuller dropped the first one and then took the next one to the crib. It just was an overall ugly display by the Cowboys. And it's whatever the opposite of momentum is. Now they have that going into the playoffs. Right. And so it's, it's really weird because this Cowboys team won six of the last eight games. I think there was a point maybe six or seven weeks ago when we thought they were really peaking at the right time. And then Dak had his interception spree and, we sort of mocked earlier in the season. I said that there's a, there's amount, there's a limit on the amount of touches Tony Pollard should get. And we're all like, okay, whatever. Well, now he's over his last two games has 16 carries for 38 yards. Um, and Dak is still throwing interceptions. The defense hasn't been as dominant as it was at his peak yet. There's still three point favorites against the bucks. And I just gut feeling after seeing the bucks two weeks ago, when Tom Brady finally had his first good game of the season, that ceiling would scare me a lot if I was a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Cowboy fans are always nervous as they should be. 
because these things don't work out well. And, they and it's are not the walking most, through that door. Yeah. They're the most like popular team. So people take joy in mocking them. So they should definitely be nervous either way. But this game, they're better. They're not that much better. But the the ceiling of that offense, I guess, is what should scare them. But they really should have no problem. I guess they're going to Tampa, so that makes it a little harder. But the Cowboys, if you look at, like, over the past five to seven weeks, the Cowboys have been, like, much better than the Bucs. Yeah, and the Bucs don't really have anything to hang their hat on on either side of the ball. They aren't really good at anything defensively or offensively. And so it seems you don't that think there's time. a you don't think there's a way that the Bucks get back to, to in this game in like a one-off scenario get back to the way they were early in the season stopping the run um, and having like a dominant front is that their path against this Cowboys team? Uh, well, I, stopping the run, I don't think it's not the Cowboys. The Cowboys yeah. are not like a run-centric team, and Vita Vea is not still not back. So, okay, maybe they can stop the run, but I don't think that's how you stop the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, Carlton Davis is probably not going to play in this game, right? And CeeDee Lamb has turned into, I think at the beginning of the season, I had questions about him being a true number one. Yeah, I take all those back. He's become pretty special, I think. I love to see him with the ball in his hands. And he's a guy that you have to account for. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't really see a path to the Bucks winning this game. But I do see the Cowboys. There's like a path where the Cowboys, yeah, the Cowboys blow it and choke it away. So I think the Cowboys are better enough in enough areas that the Bucks, even if the Bucks play well, I think the Cowboys should still win. But the Bucks need the Cowboys just to like implode like they did this past weekend. And we all know it's a possibility because they just did it this past weekend. We'll see. Yeah. I'm- I mean, talent-wise, the Cowboys are one of the three best teams in the NFC, for sure, along with the Eagles and 49ers. But I'm not going to be the one who's going to stand here on my soapbox and say they aren't going to choke. That You won't find me saying that the Cowboys won't choke. Yeah, me either. Well, um, that game last week, maybe they knew that the Eagles were going to win and they were just out there trying to throw off their tendencies and give uh, – the Bucks some bad tape to study. I don't know, but it didn't work out. Anyway, you got anything else before we um, pivot to everybody's favorite Foxworth? I'm excited for the playoffs. Me too. Well, we'll do um, bets and stuff next week and dive into some more analysis on all the other games other than Cowboys Bucks. Appreciate you, Charlie. He's so good! <laughs> How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right, Roses and Thorns. My wife, Ashley, is here. And I think, hi, I think you have some Roses and Thorns for me, but I don't want to do that because, I mean, maybe we'll get to it eventually. I would rather bring in Sarah Abbott, one of the producers, because if you remember last week, we, uh, talked to Christina Buswell, one of the producers, and we all kind of tried to share things with each other. We tried to celebrate her engagement and also teach her the things we've learned about marriage. And she taught us some things that uh, 
or at least gave her, her gave us her perspective on relationships and stuff. So then we gave the marching orders to the rest of the producers to come back and teach us something. And I'm sure Sarah did not do her homework, so I'm putting her on the spot now anyway. So Sarah, welcome to the show and also teach us. Okay, so mine, I am the only one on this podcast who is not in a relationship. So I am representing all of the single people who may listen to this podcast, and I am going to teach you some do's and don'ts for online dating, for Hinge, oh. for Bumble. Um, I'm not on Tinder, so I can't speak to that one, but those are oh. the two that I'm Why on. Why aren't you on Tinder? Like, what's Tinder like? Um, I'm scared of it. Tinder is just like a hookup thing, right? Like Tinder is people are not looking. There's more casual, right? Yeah, That's I my think so. Of Tinder. So my best friend actually met her husband on Tinder, but I think okay. she's the rare, the rare one. She's like she met, the, you said she met her husband on Tinder. Yes. How long's Tinder been around? I have since I was in college. Oh wow! I did not. She was in just she was in college like a couple years ago though. It's like college <laughs> when you hear the word college, you think about like early two thousands because that's when you were in college. Yeah. So how yeah, long ago? Natalie was... playing some Mariah like we belong together. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, okay. how long ago was that? Um, I like six years. See, yeah, see, that's, that's, yeah, that's that's not that. Long. That's a bit. Okay, I think online dating is so exciting because it wasn't around like back when I was first starting to meet Dominique, like Facebook had just come out for like the it just spread out of like the Ivy Leagues to like the normal Maryland college students. So I was able to sign up. And like, that's the closest thing I've had to like a profile as a single person. Um, And obviously, Facebook then is very different than it is now. And it's still not like a dating site. So tell me, tell me more. What do you do? What don't you do? Maybe I'll have some suggestions too. Yeah, like most oftentimes they'll have prompts to kind of mm-hmm. get, so you can get to know people's personality. So some examples would be, I'm overly competitive about blank. My greatest fear in life is blank. And so- Do you get to don't. pick your prompts? Yes. Okay. And then you and you then you then lie, right? Like yeah, you go from there to immediately start lying. That's, a, that's what you should do. Why would you do that though? Because then if what you mean, meet why someone- Why would you do that? It's of course like- because you're it's a competition whether you want to admit it or not when you're on there which is why you said that the idea of um online dating sounds fun to you it sounds fun to you because it's like a game it seems fun and it's a high stakes game for some people it is low stakes for for you because you're already married but i do think that everybody know else... what i'm trying to find i'm joking hey, I'm oh I'm no joking. no go ahead i i don't want to stand in your way i've told you that plenty of times go, go <laughs> get yours uh, i will figure it out i'll hold it all together and i'll cry myself to sleep at night but i'll be fine um like that's so rude to say i'm sorry anyway back to it rude you don't want to just said you was about to i was i was obviously the... joking you say i'm really serious like you have this oh, no, figured I, out I, I, I am really serious. If you left me, I'm not. I know. Jump off a building. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a sort it out. Grown damn man. Anyway, the point is, it's a competition. Everybody else is is um is lying. So you gotta lie too. Am I right, Sarah? Do you lie, Sarah? Um, I personally do not lie. If anything, See? I'm like brutally honest to the yes. point where it backfires. <laughs> okay, but I like that approach. That's what I would do too. I think. But yeah, so like one of my prompts is. Uh, like a hot take and mine is that Stanley Tucci is the most underrated actor of our generation and that generates quite a bit of buzz so like the strategy behind that is like it's it's kind of random enough that it would get people's attention and they want to talk to you 
Is that exactly you need a good attention getter. The biggest, like most annoying thing is when it's always guys that say I'm overly competitive about everything. It's like, oh, everything, literally everything. That is like the biggest turnoff. Or my most controversial opinion is that pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. It's like, come uh, on. Yeah, you know? not, that's a common. Yeah, you got to be a little bit creative. And that's, I mean, I guess that's my point. It's not that you need to lie, but you are presenting yourself. So you need to, I don't imagine that Sarah is actually passionate about Stanley Tucci's rankings amongst uh, American actors. I, I, <laughs> you don't like, know that. That's that's fair. I'm guessing, but I feel like that's a that's a good move. I, I want to come up with a prompt. Okay, but now since you said that, I'm like stuck on like what would I? I it would be so hard to come up with a dating profile. Like I'm overly yeah. competitive about what would I say? Taboo. I, that's the only game I really like. I love but taboo. That's a good one. That's a good one because people would like, oh, I love taboo or I hate taboo. Something that catches people's okay. attention. Even though it doesn't tell that much about myself other than I like taboo. Um, um, okay. What was, I mean, what would you say you're overly competitive about Dominique? Um, if you had to do that prompt. Um, I don't know. That's hard. Uh, you better not leave me is what I'm hearing because you can't even come up with a dating profile. Even no, though it I, would be okay. I, I, I decided around the age of 14 that I was not going to make friends by being witty or cute it's gonna be good at stuff it's my strategy be good at stuff. then he's overly competitive about everything is what i'm hearing <laughs> i mean that's fair I, I i think that's probably the best thing to to say but that's but the one she was saying that's a whack you'd be like in that whack category then sarah wouldn't so i mean it, it's a sorting mechanism either way if if sarah reads that and she's like then clearly we weren't meant to be you read it, you'd be like, oh, I like this guy. No, that's Ooh. the thing. I would be like, ew, I hate competitive people. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. I'm also just brutal on dating apps, just in general. Like, if there is one thing What's that your I choice? don't like. What are, you, what are you looking for in a profile picture, right? So Okay, yes. This is a good one because I am very particular I think for, for to speaking from uh, for men, and I guess, I, I don't know, Sarah, but I assume that you are looking for for dudes mm -hmm. the picture is more i don't give a damn about everything else yeah so my the picture that i like is a nice solo shot of the person but it can't be a selfie because i find it weird when guys take selfies i don't know like that just kind of dominique does too yeah, yeah I, I like too. i think that's weird and so a nice solo shot a picture with a group of friends so i know you're not a weirdo okay. and you have friends <laughs> <laughs> a picture with that one would be hard for you dominic yeah. <laughs> like their mom or their family or something like that and if they have a dog always include the dog so shirt off pictures are a turn off for you so you know if you see ah oh, man that's that would be my first move my first oh no that's that is <laughs> that's not for me also i hate gym pictures when guys like take a gym picture mirror selfie and that's your selfie so it's like doubly annoying yeah i had a i had a black panic page i didn't get facebook until after you and i were like very seriously dating and, i remember yeah and obviously i didn't have much um i didn't have any experience with dating sites but in high school black planet was like uh like a precursor to facebook in my I would like to say I never had a black planet page or my yeah, i had a black planet planet page and i was like 15 16 years old and my like profile picture i guess was me 
with a backpack on and some shorts and no shirt walking to uh um I forgot where I was going, but I was at an amusement park at a water park. But I was like, yeah, hey, this is what I got. This is what I got to offer. Yeah. Got I got some abs. That's about it. So, but weren't you like really skinny when you were that age? I was all right. I was not that skinny. I was I was small for a football player, but like all these other regular video game playing high school kids killing them. Okay. Anyway, okay. where are we in our in our um our okay? So we talked tutorial. about the prompts, the pictures. Yeah. What, what do else? you want for your picture? Like, do you kind of look at, think about the same things for you? Are women, is it okay if women have selfies? Cause we are yeah. selfies less or less weird for us to do. Yeah. I feel like girls are okay with selfies because yeah, okay. like you were saying, it's like a little bit less weird. And I know that is a double standard, but yeah, it's fine. It works. I'm, some I'm double, standards double standards are real. Standards. That could be my controversial opinion. Some <laughs> stuff's just different. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that, but the hard part then is like actually meeting the person. That's when it gets scary. Cause it's. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't, you didn't explain the pictures that you're putting out there because I think as a man perusing these sites, I think what's going to get me to stop is not that bullshit about Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's some pics. <laughs> yeah. So I, my first one is the selfie, I think, or like a solo shot that I cropped to mm -hmm. just be me. Um, and then I have one of me at work, like on the sidelines of a football game. So like, I'm looking cool, one. like sporting. Like that, like that was good. It. That was good. Um, and then I have one from my sister's wedding. And then I have one with me and like my friends. So. Aww. Oh, yeah. I want to see your page and like swipe. Is it swiping right? That's the good swipe. Yes. I would swipe right. Yeah. I think the comments of this YouTube video might be filled with suitors <laughs> so you said something that that um struck me and i was like oh i forgot that it really does move from like you swiping left or right on profiles to meeting up in person which you said is the hard part so like what are the steps between like like how like how what percentage do you think do you get to in-person dates of the ones you like or like like where's your biggest like fall off like and like after the in-person date or like we exchange one message and I realize there should be no in-person date or just like in the picture swiping. So I hate small talk on the app because I'm like, okay, like as soon as you swipe right and you message me two times, like let's move past this. Okay. My phone number, like let's make a schedule. Let's make a plan. That's how okay. I am. So when it's too much small talk, I get annoyed because then I also think, what are we going to talk about on this date? We are two strangers. So <laughs> yes. are you are you um? do you wait for them to like invite you on a date? Yes. Okay. Always. What city are you in? Are you in Connecticut? Yeah, I'm in Connecticut. OK, OK. Sometimes I lie and say I'm somewhere else. <laughs> OK. Yeah. But like then how? But then you can't meet up. Well, I'll I mean, like, eventually. I won't do anything too far. I just won't put like my actual town because I'm oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes paranoid sense. about that because yeah. I yeah. watch yeah. a lot of criminal minds. So I'm scared yes. I'm going to be gonna, like, order for you. Yes, that's smart. <laughs> What's the point? I mean, I kind of feel like the point of the online thing is that you can broaden your horizons because if like there's somebody who is special and perfect for you, like they may not be <laughs> within uh 30 miles of Bristol. So like you gotta open it up and be yeah. happy to go. Like New York's not that far. Go Why'd Manhattan. you just put her town out there? I didn't put her town out there. You said, I mean, everyone knows. I mean, I don't ESPN. live in Bristol. You said I'm just fine. <laughs> I don't live in Bristol, so okay. we're all good. Okay, we're good. We're we can good. Edit okay. It out. okay. 
I'm sorry. Don't get kidnapped and then blame it on me. That'd be really sad. <laughs> I did have one really bad Bumble date, which Christina knows about. Um, oh, we've talked about it. Oh, it was bad. First of all, he showed up and did not look anything like his pictures mm. and his profile, which was that... it actually a different person or just really like filtered or flattering pictures? Um, I think it was like very old pictures. So maybe okay. pictures of when he was like in college. Um, <laughs> it was so that was tough right off the get go. Um, and then it was a taco place where like you paid at the counter and I ordered one street taco and one margarita and he ordered three tacos and margarita and then goes we'll figure out how to split this at the end (laughs) that was tough feminism yeah i mean that's this is where you were saying some things are different like i think surprisingly i'm probably more progressive than you ashley on some things but i am not when it comes to like paying on dates and stuff like that it's like it I don't know. That was a tough one. Um, he also made a mnemonic memory device for my name. That was the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> so he he doing numbers then. If he need help remembering Good for him, name. he can't yeah. be paying for everybody's taco and margarita. <laughs> you have to, you gonna have to pay for actually one of his tacos um, to even <laughs> things up. But what it wasn't a mnemonic memory device. Like what the, was that it? was the worst part is like it wasn't a real mnemonic memory device, and I didn't what have the courage to tell him that. So um, he told me and he was like, oh, yeah, it's just hair. And I kind of looked at him. I'm like, just just fly out of curiosity. Did you go with hair? And he goes, because it rhymes with Sarah. Sarah. Okay. He's he's English's second language. Because you have really nice hair and your name's Sarah. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting one. So, okay. Yeah. Have you ever gotten. Okay, uh, this is my last one for you. Have you ever gotten like in the messages a good line? Because I feel like that's what I that's what rises to my attention is like somebody has like a funny line and it gets popular on like a social media thing. Has anybody hit you with a good line? Um, I've done the song lyric thing a couple of times uh, where like you message you just go song back and lyrics forth. Yeah. To see if they'll like pick up on it. Um, that one's always really fun. That's a that's, that's that a good a way to do it. Just That's a good sorting mechanism, and uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you know a lot about them if they can. What's the song? Do you remember what song um, it was? So one guy did a Taylor Swift song, and that okay. was that was a crowd That's pleaser. Points for you? That was points for me. I love okay. Taylor Swift, so that was okay. a solid way. Um, and then another person did some movie quotes, so he quoted Step Brothers to me, which was a good one. And that's always always a good way to get in. All right, Ashley, I would I, if I had to do the song lyrics so this thing i don't know if you know about this but like people just like write like a first line of a song or not even first line a line from a Dominique. song and what i didn't know if you how slow do you think i am i don't think you're slow it's just like it's not you have to go back and forth it's like a conversation i get it i know but you don't it's like not clear it's what makes it fun and interesting is like the first line is normally like seems like okay never mind you get it the point is i was trying to get to is I thought of immediately the song I would use if I were trying to get your attention. What? And it would be Method Man and Mary J. Blige. That would be my go-to. I'm not sure if that would work or not, but that's where I would go because I don't think why, that you would appreciate because I don't think you would appreciate if I went, as we talked about, I'm a little bit more progressive than you. If I was like, 
started hitting you with some Beyonce lyrics, I'm not sure that you would be interested in meeting up with that guy. But you also wouldn't be able to keep up if I was like some deep cut Nas. So I think I'd go with Shorty, I'm there for you anytime you need me. And we'd go back and forth and then we'd get married. Oh, I like it. I like it. And I, I love it. That's great. I was going to say, and I hope that the end of one of your Taylor Swift back and forth ends like that. But I, I don't because I hope it ends however you want it to end. Um, like, you know, maybe yeah. dating's fun. I don't know what you're looking for, but I'm happy that you seem to have a good Look handle on online Look dating. You. Trying to sound progressive for, for the YouTube audience. <laughs> I, I don't know. What... I don't think marriage is the be all and end all. Oh, no, I'm not saying that you think marriage. I've never is the been someone to think that. Yeah, I'm not saying that you do think that marriage is the be all and end all, but I also know you. So, that's so what does that mean? That means that the idea that you're saying, like, um, or what? I guess maybe I'm reading too much into it. I'm wrong. Never mind. I'll tell you about it when we're not being recorded. I actually have no idea what he's talking about. Like, so, like, people probably think like I have an idea what he's talking about no. sometimes. But when I say like I don't know what you're talking about, which happens like once I would say a segment, I legitimately have no idea. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, this the what's in the back of my mind right now was talking about something else, but also I know that your father now listens to the podcast, and I don't want to embarrass. Oh, so. my dad got <laughs> this new techie car. So my dad, who is. He's gonna he's gonna be 69 this week actually we're gonna have brunch with him this weekend oh he bought a brand new suburban like he growing up here we have i'm one of four my parents always kept a suburban um he brought a brand new suburban with like fancy tvs in it that have like youtube and like all the like, like apps. So, i mean which he doesn't have so he had to sign on on my account for all the apps but he bought it even though he doesn't have small children he bought it one, just to burn gas and kill the environment, I guess. But he said it's diesel, which is a little better, which whatever. But two, because he says he needs to be able to drive all five of his grandchildren around. And I, like he's there. Like I, he also still works. I just really don't understand. Um, but it has something where he can say, and he's like, guess what I did? I said, hey, Google, podcast for a podcast. And I never knew how to find a podcast before. But Google found the podcast. So my parents said they were driving to Coles yesterday. My mom loves Coles. They were driving to Coles. And she said, and we listened to that whole episode Dominique did about, you know, what was that? She was, it was a description that eventually she was talking about um, the last one we did um, with Charlie, but after DeMar Hamlin's injury. Um, but now they listen. Yes. Yeah, that's he's got to say, hey, Google. Yeah, I don't um, I don't care. Like, I, I just don't want to make you uncomfortable because I would talk about all the uncomfortable stuff. But I, I do have like weird. I had a weird inter or not weird interaction, but you would be. I don't think you would like, make it this far. Like, this is buried at the end. So you can say what you want. OK, good. No, no. I was just saying in general, I guess we've probably gone on for longer than the normal time so we can wrap it up. But you were not at um, you didn't get to Avery's basketball game until after it started. And. I was awkward with one of the parents because she wanted to talk to me about my tweets. And I was like, I, she, I've known her for like, I don't and know, she is long. lovely. Let me tell you a story about this parent. She is my lovely. son. I love when I realized her, I was obsessed why... with her is when my son, my daughter was in first grade and my son was, or my daughter was in kindergarten. And my son was, I guess, four. And I'm at a pool party at her house. Dominique's the way. Um, and the end of the year pool party with my kindergarten daughter, my four-year-old son, who's like the only little boy there, who's like jumping in the pool in his shorts because I couldn't, your parents were supposed to stay. And I've got my like seven-month-old breastfeeding child. And I'm like sitting there a mess with these three kids. Declan 
jumps out of the pool and is like, I have to poop. He starts shitting on her patio and the door from the pool goes in her kitchen and poop is dripping from his little wet legs like through the kitchen floor and she was so effing cool about it and ever since then i've been like i love her so you better not act awkward with her she is the best woman oh my god she let Declan poop on her kitchen floor but she wanted to talk about my tweets and i was just like i like the compartment i'm gonna write that down read your tweets so we can talk about them and i was like this is a basketball compartment where we talk about I girls at basketball and I it was kind of awkward but she's cool she's nice I I didn't apologize but I was like oh I don't know it was nice she's awesome so anyway I just told you that because I thought it would make you upset so you're welcome so that's a thorn for you there you have to come up with it your rose is the opposite you really are doing well with one of the things we talked about you needing to do or my hope for you being social you went out with your friends this weekend and you actually enjoyed it um so your hopes for the new year you're really asked or my hopes for you for the new year which may not have been the same as your hopes for the new year but I think I know what's best for you um you're actually acting on them and I'm proud of you I have to say I have not started my growth slash expansion yet um so you're winning in that department so congratulations i'm competitive as we've already established uh and everything <laughs> yes you're welcome for Me that just too. Taboo. um all right well thanks so much sarah for being the star of this podcast yes um and and if Dominique is ever perfectly fine because I leave him and he's going to be fine afterwards and I have to set up a dating profile. I'm coming to you. I don't think I would set up a dating profile. Like, I just don't. I don't know. I sent me. I would. No, I I would uh, just mourn the end of a beautiful relationship for the rest of my life. And you already said that you'd be perfectly fine. That was me trying to. I'm competitive in everything. I just was trying to save face. That's all. Anyway, Sarah, I'm sure you could see right through my lies. Um, I appreciate you both. And I appreciate you, Christina. Great work. Addy, you're the man. Charlie, thank you very much. Bye, everyone. Love you. Love you, too. I know. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.